Hey everyone, Mark and Steve here. Before we get started today, we want to let you know about Dare to Connect, our new online interactive video platform. For less than the cost of a therapy session, you and your spouse get live access to both of us three times a week. Each 30-minute live group support session provides interactive mentoring and healing for addicts, spouses, and couples. If you're loving our podcast and our unique style of bringing you recovery, you're going to love Dare to Connect. To learn more, go to daretoconnectnow.com. We're looking forward to seeing and working with you. Hey, everybody. I'm Steve Moore. And I'm Mark Castleman. We know the pain and heartbreak of porn and sex addiction. And we know the triumph of breaking completely free. Every day, we help our clients find hope and healing. Join us in the fight to take back your life, your marriage, and be stronger than ever. This is the PBSC Squared Podcast. Hey, everybody, Mark and Steve on the PBSC podcast. Hey, we have a question that came through one of our PBSC listeners. And frankly, Steve and I couldn't resist it because this is, uh, this is one of our, I don't know, I was going to say favorite topics, Steve, but mm. based on our addiction histories, <clears throat> um, I don't know, passionate topics, maybe. We're, yeah, we're re- relatable. Relatable. There you go. There you go. That's the right word. Relatable to Mark and Steve's uh, addiction paths in the past. Absolutely. Uh huh. So I'm going to read what this is. A, this is a partner or spouse uh, who's writing in about the challenges that she's facing with her with her addict partner, even though it sounds like he might be in denial about whether that's true that he's an addict. But here's what she says. Just over a month ago, around two months into his latest recovery, I noticed my partner watching videos on YouTube that are, quote, porn substitutes. Mm. Things like clickbait, funny videos with suggestive thumbnails, videos of women filming themselves wearing short dresses on windy days, Benny Hill videos containing Benny Hill type humor of women being caught in quote, naughty situations and other such videos designed to give a quote kick. I'm so, so sorry for the long email, but I'm feeling so low. Mm. I know in yesterday's podcast, you mentioned that you've been answering listeners questions for so long, but I would be extremely grateful if you could do an episode on porn substitutes and what problems they carry. My partner still does listen to the podcast from time to time, and I think hearing directly on this particular subject from someone other than me might help. Uh, yeah, such a relatable, again, such a relatable topic, right? There's that word again. It, uh, you know, I, on, on both levels, right? Uh, the, the, the pain of a partner, I mean, we see this so often in our, in our offices, Mark, I, I mean, but on the other side, obviously, as the, as the addict, I mean, gosh, there are just... It seems like the ways in which we who struggle with lust, uh, whether it's addiction or somewhere lower on the spectrum than not quote unquote addiction or what have you, it, there are just this never ending myriad of ways in which our brains 
will get its fix. I know it's so true, isn't it? (laughs) I mean, we could spend 20 hours just talking about all the ways that either the addict brain or the, or the brain that's caught up in compulsion or obsession or whatever, the rec, the recreating brain. Yeah. Whatever it is for anybody listening, the man, the ways that that brain will try to justify, minimize, make it seem subtle, make it seem not like not a big deal, make it seem innocent. All the ways that we'll go about trying to, as you said, get that fix. Yeah. And, and when you look at it from, I mean, just the, you know, the perspective of, of not even just around, around, you know, we're going to get to this question here, but just looking at it from this lens of, I think back on all the energy, you know, that we spent on man, <laughs> subliminating you know this stuff or, oh my gosh. If I had applied that same energy and what we mean by energy, all you listening, just the mind space yes. that this takes up. Yeah. Right. Being in a public place, not being able to focus on where I am and what I'm doing and who I'm with because my eyes are looking elsewhere. Going online when I was going to do something for business or homework or whatever and ended up being distracted off on a tangent and watching these endless, you know, videos that she describes, you know, endless times channel surfing, you know, on my television looking for, you know, a little spicy scene. Yeah. All this, I mean, talk. Man, if I had applied all that energy into productive stuff, I wouldn't be on my microphone here today because I'd be a billionaire. Oh, my goodness. No, it is so <laughs> true. It is right. so, so true. Yep, absolutely. I, I, it really is. I mean, I could, I could have learned multiple languages. I could have. I mean, that's like not even a lie. You know, you could have traveled the world four times. Holy smokes. Gosh. <laughs> anyway, it, 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 it's a great relatable topic. We're really <clears throat> grateful that you wrote in. And it actually... You know, we never want you guys to apologize for submitting stuff because it's it's actually perfect timing. We just got off of, off of a three part series that we kind of took in a different direction, so it's good to be back to the questions that you guys have that uh, you want to bring to the table. So, yeah. you know, as we kind of look at this, you know, I guess I guess the first place to start is Mark and I were getting ready for the show is really to kind of ask the question that probably every guy who struggles with lust on some level is asking themselves right now. Right. Which is, you know, more or less, you know, I love the way you said it, Mark, you know, like, what's the big deal? I mean, what's the problem? Right. If we look at, if we look at a global culture, a lot of people listening to what we're introducing here would go, what's the matter with you guys? Like, chill out. Like, what are you a bunch of, you know, a bunch of podium pounding pastors, you know, getting into some big moral thing. Like, what's the big deal? It's like, so what? And we need to talk for a few minutes about, why it's a big deal or, or why it should be a big deal to you. Absolutely. No, I think this is great. So it's, yeah, I mean, and, and it's important to look at this from, you know, a multifaceted kind of perspective because it does, uh, you know, when we look at uh, whether we're calling this pornography or not, you know, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but I think the first thing to really get into here a little bit is to look at the impact of, of what, let's just, we're going to call it betrayal. But even if we let go of that term, if we look at, let's just use the term like animosity, right? The divisive nature of things in a relationship and the potential for things to divide a coupleship, right? The, yeah, let's let's call these things what they are, obstacles to intimacy. Yes, absolutely. And you know, when we say intimacy, if you listen to this podcast for any length of time, we don't just mean sex. Intimacy, right? Into you, I see. Into, into me, you see. We're connected. We're one. We're... We're sharing, we're into each other in 
myriad ways in our lives. And these things are obstacles to that connection and closeness. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. They hundred percent are. And you know, anything that, that forms a, and it's important to kind of back up from, I think these recovery terms a little bit in a discussion like this, because one of the easy ways that a, I think a coupleship can kind of get pulled off on like an emotional eddy, right. Is in the, in the semantics, right. Yes. Is yes. this porn? Is it not porn? Is this what's recovery based? What's not recovery based? And there's just, there's just, we can so easily get distracted in just things like the terminology or does X meet the certain, certain threshold of Y and, and, and walking that back and looking at this from a more objective perspective, I think is going to be helpful for both addicts as well as their partners to be able to see this a little bit more clearly, right? In a relationship, let's talk relationship basics, right? Everybody obviously carries a different value set when they enter into an intimate relationship, but generally speaking, there are a couple of key things, right, that everybody is looking for when we talk about connection, right? Our online recovery program for addict spouses and couples that meets three times a week, um, which, by the way, you can find a two-week trial at at daretoconnectnow.com. We'd love to have you come join <laughs> us. Um, you know, we named the program Dare to Connect, right? We talk about addiction. We talk about recovery. We talk about those topics. But what's the end goal? It's connection. It's intimacy. It's closeness right? It's, it's building something significant with another person, with yourself, right? With the people around you and the people in your lives, fostering those connections. And, and when we enter into a relationship with a committed partner, by and large, the standard with that and the understanding with that when people engage there is that out of all the other relationships that I have, right? With friends, with family, with whoever, that this relationship more or less is going to be, if not the primary number one priority relationship, it's going to be very close to the top, right? It's going to be that apex of closeness and connection. And if we're fostering something like that, having a discussion about, about, these, about, about topics like the one that this listener brought up is really important, I think, from that lens of looking at it from a place of, you know, let's let go of the terminology for a minute and let's look at the impact that the behaviors that one part or another are exhibiting in a relationship, right? Letting go of terminology and what have you, how are they impacting the connection? And are they leading us in the direction that both of us committed to wanting this partnership to go in when we formed it? Yeah. I think that, and I, I agree with you. I see so much it gets off on an argument about what's porn and what's not. And mm -hmm. why are you approved? And right, just all the different semantics that can pull you off track when this is really about our connection or is this an obstacle to our connection? Yep. If you choose, and that's a crazy important word, if you choose to be in a relationship the very word itself relationship says this is not one-sided. Yeah. I don't get to just run off and do whatever I please because now there's two of us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you and I, we talk a lot, Steve, about, you know, this concept of safety and trust is in yeah. the eye of the beholder. Mm -hmm. What does safety and trust mean to my partner or my spouse? Yeah. And what are obstacles to that? Well, I have entered into a relationship agreement. And so what are the parameters of that agreement? Mm -hmm. Am I actively, that's a create, am I, and what, what was the three-part series we did for us as, as addicts? Am I leading out in seeking safety for my mm -hmm. partner 
in a healthy, boundaried, not codependent way? Yes. Am I seeking that safety and that building of trust because I'm in a relationship agreement? Or am I going to argue semantics about whether what I'm looking at or participating in meets the definition of porn? Yeah. And I love what you say. I love that you mentioned the the non-codependent way, right? Because oftentimes the first argument that gets thrown at this is, well, am I my spouse's keeper? Right. Mm -hmm. Am I responsible for their happiness? Like Mm -hmm. Mark and Steve, you guys talk about we shouldn't be codependent all the time. And it's absolutely true. But there's a big difference between shouldering sole responsibility for a partner's safety and well-being. And also, but and and making the commitment of look, I'm going to show up as authentic me, but I'm I'm making a commitment by being in this committed partnership that within that authenticity, part of that authenticity is that I choose you that I choose your happiness as well, right? That I choose your safety, that, that I choose to help to create, to be a co-creator in providing a safe space where we can grow individually, collectively, and have that, that synergy that we so often talk about in connection, right? Relationships are not supposed to be one broken puzzle piece, piece meets other broken puzzle piece, and we somehow form something whole. That's a codependent toxic dynamic. What we're looking for is one plus one equals five. Right. That's what we're looking for. That's the magic of a relationship. That's why people sign up for them. That's why why we invest in them. And and it's important when you have discussions like this that you do a periodic check-in, both individually with yourself, but also as a coupleship. You know, are we are we taking actions here? If we get away from the right or wrong or the moral high ground, or is it porn or is it not? Right. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Are we going in a direction that we keep claiming we want to go? Right. And, and for those people out there, for those guys, this is a great way to kind of approach this because we're not going to come at you from a moral high ground place today. We're not going to come at this from a, it's the right thing to do X, Y, or Z. This is all about you as, as, as a partner in a relationship, exploring and getting real with what is my authentic truth? Do I want to have that kind of a relationship with a partner, right? And are my actions in line or are they congruent, we call it? with that direction. And if not, what needs to change? And that's a great place to start, Steve. You know, we, we assume that I'm all into connection with my partner, that I want to be close and I want to be one and I want to be the crazy, most amazing best friends on the planet earth. Maybe you don't want that. Yeah. We shouldn't make that assumption. The place where you should start is where do I want this relationship to truly be? Mm-hmm. Do I want to be all into this person? Mm-hmm. Do I want this person to be my be all end all? Do I want this to be exclusive from a place of my, my heart, my behaviors, my thoughts, right? What level do I want this intimacy to be at? Absolutely. You know, and Mark and I really, really do speak from a place of experience with this because we, you know, we chuckled at the beginning of this because we've been the minimizers. Oh, man. Right? We've been the one that have argued the semantics and that's not really porn. It's not that bad. You know, we've Mark and I, we've, we've outed ourselves. We were talking about this before and kind of doing our sad joking. We do sometimes about how crazy our thinking got. I mean, we both convinced ourselves at one point in time, I remember sitting down and watching what was straight up porn. And at one point saying, Brittany should be grateful for this. This is going to help our marriage. This is going to make our sex life better. Like what utter, what utter nonsense, Uh like what utter nonsense, Uh but but that's how good we get at spinning that stuff. And the power in this discussion, how you're going to be 
both of you as partners are going to be invested is by having the conversation, not from a place of, look, you shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that. It's going to be from that place of, okay, if I get real with myself, I want X, Y, and Z in this relationship and I want X, Y, and Z for myself. Are my actions in line with that? What was spending, you know, 10 minutes, you know, cruising the, the Sports Illustrated Swim aisle at the grocery yeah. store? Yeah. Can I really look at myself in the mirror and say, gosh, I feel so much more connected and appreciative of my partner. I feel so much more grounded in my own authenticity, having looked at, you know, a bunch of scantily clad women for three hours. I just well, feel and, so much and, more like myself now. And I got to the place where I, as I started to get into some real recovery, I came out of those, you know, those kind of narcissistic tendencies where it was just so self-absorbed and all about me. And I began to ask myself, if I'm standing here at, you know, for example, the, the magazine aisle at a grocery store, and I'm looking at Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, if my wife is standing right next to me, shoulder to shoulder, and looking at the same pictures I'm looking at, is that connecting us? Is she feeling cherished, desired, uniquely wanted? Is she feeling that we are exclusive? Mm-hmm. Is she feeling that she has my heart and she has my mind? What's that going to be like for her? Yeah. That's Absolutely. what we have to start asking in these questions, not arguing about what it is and what it isn't and whether, you know, it's some religious thing or it's what is, what is this? How does this contribute or not to our relationship? Yeah. Does am it I, bring us where we want to go? Absolutely. Am I, am I, am I investing in a healthy way in both my partner's happiness as well as my own? Mm. Right. And, and is, are we, are we pulling together as a result mm. of these different experiences? Am, am I walking away from these different things, feeling closer, feeling more connected? Because Here's a, here's a fundamental reality, guys, okay? And Mark and I are, whatever else we're experts in, we're definitely an experts in escape <laughs> and, for, and avoidance <laughs> and numbing out and medicating. It, the more you connect, there is kind of a fundamental truth, okay? This is like emotional physics lesson time that, that kind of applies across the board wherever you hail from. The more I am connected with reality, the less I am going to be connected with fantasy and vice versa. Right. Fantasy and reality, when it comes to a relationship and things of an intimate nature, they are oil and water. When the more one is present, the other one will corollarily be absent. Right. Um, I cannot maintain. And Mark and I have we've been the guys who have pursued the quest and the mythical holy grail of somehow being able to have your cake and eat it, too. There's got to be a way where I can somehow just numb out constantly, be medicated, you know, be able to look at endless amounts of lust based material or engage with you know, sexual relationships with myself or with others that are violating commitments that I've made and agreements that I've made that are causing hurt and betrayal with my partner and still have a great marriage. There's got to be a way to make that happen. Yeah. And there just isn't. Got to be a way to have both. Yeah. We, right. We, I tried that for decades. Absolutely. And it did. I just could, I could never make it work. Mm-hmm. Or even when I thought it was maybe working, it was not working for my wife. No, no, um, no. Absolutely not. not working for her. You know, the other side of this, you know, guys listening, and this is, this was, if what I'm about to say, if I heard this back in my addiction years, I would have put this particular podcast on my permanent blocked list <laughs> so that I would never hear it again. <laughs> so you ready? Here it is. When I, when I used to engage in these pornography substitutes, right? These fringe areas, these innocent areas, 
what I what I had to finally come to grips with was that that was a that was a a, a very strong sign of an area in my life where I was immature. It was mm-hmm. it was immature. What do I mean by that? Maturity to me means completeness, wholeness. It means me me stepping into the, my highest self, the best version of me, all that I can be. And when I went to when when I went to all of these pornography substitutes, what it was was it was escape. Hard things would happen in life, so what would I do instead of facing them straight up? I'd go to these substitutes. Mm-hmm. When I got bored, instead of handling the boredom directly in healthy ways, what would I do? Run to the substitutes. If I was feeling shame or, or fear, or if things didn't go well at work, or if my wife hasn't had sex with me for two weeks, or right, whatever the, the hard or un, uncomfortable or inconvenient things of life would hit me, I'd find myself not, you know, I, even when I was in recovery for a while, not looking at hardcore porn, but I'd find myself at the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue somehow, mm. checking out the babes in bikinis. Well, what did that say about me? It said that in, in that area of my life, I was still immature. Mm. I wasn't yet yeah. facing the fact that I needed to deal with life on life's terms in healthy ways. And I know yep. that's hard to hear, guys, but I invite you to look at that. Right? Has has this lust or fantasy-based stuff, however minor or innocent it might seem, is it is it a way for you to not fully face certain things in life? Yeah. No, it's a great, it's a great uh, and important uh element to to rem- remember. Um, you know, as we pursue real healthiness and real happiness in life, like I said, I this doesn't matter what religion you hail from, it doesn't matter what your background is. The research, experience, time, tradition, they all say the same thing. People are wired for connection. We're all at a fundamental level wired to connect with one another. We need it biologically. We need it emotionally. We need it spiritually if we are to thrive. And whatever else we call this, whatever else we say about it before we kind of shift over to some definitions here, because that is part of the discussion, please do keep that in mind as, as you go introspective. I hope that. I hope that listeners, if they take nothing else from this podcast, and this is for both quote unquote addicts or partners or really whoever it's good advice is, is to kind of do that self-honest check-in. You know, when you have a quiet moment and periodically as you are going forward in a relationship, again, are my, are my intentions or my actions, are they congruent with my goals? Because if I had a nickel for every time as an addict, I would take steps or actions that completely were contrary to what I kept portraying that I wanted. I'd be rich. I wouldn't be running a, a non-monetized podcast for you all, yeah. right? It, it, it was all the time. I, as an addict, I was constantly working against myself, right? It was like the left hand and the right hand were just literally constantly at odds with one another. Well, and this kind of brings us to, to the wrap-up of this. You know, yes. Everybody wants to talk about the definition of porn. Mm-hmm. What's porn, what's not? You know, quick, quick getting on my case because I wasn't looking at porn. I was looking at this. Mm-hmm. And what we hope we're getting across in all of this today is it really comes down to one word, your intention. What is your intention? That really has everything to do with whether it's, quote, pornographic or whether it's lustful or whatever. Stop arguing the nuances and just ask, what's my intent? 
Mm-hmm. Why am I looking at this Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue? What's my intention? And then see what comes to you. Well, I was bored today, or I, I, feel, I, I worked hard this week and felt I was entitled to some pleasure, or my wife hasn't been responsive lately, or, right, or, or, or. What is the intention? Am I doing this to bring me and my spouse closer? Am I doing this to make a real bid for connection? Am I doing this so that my spouse feels cherished and uniquely desired and she feels like she's the only one in my life? Is that why I'm doing this? Mm-hmm. What is my intention? Because look, guys, I mean, it could be, I, I could see a, a woman walking down the street in a, a nun's outfit, a habit, you know, where she's covered from neck to ankle. And that could still be pornographic for me. If I'm running some fantasy in my head about her. So what she looks like is not the evidence of whether it's that luster or, you know, pornographic nature. It's my intention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My gravitating again, more towards my own authenticity or the, or the, or the authenticity of my relationship as a result of this, right? Right. Whatever it is, if I let go of the definition, it's kind of going back to what I said before. Can I really say, after engaging in this activity, wow, I really, I feel so much more like myself, or I feel like that, that, that has taken me to a place of being more, you know, more like the person I'm trying to become in this relationship. Because so often guys, much of what, and we, this is a podcast for another time, but so often when we look at the, the, the reasons why we engage with material like this, whether we're calling it porn or whatever the label is of the day for it, um, you know, Mark just listed off a couple of them, whether it's, I need a break from life or I need to relax or I'm looking for validation or I'm wanting to feel loved or wanted or desired or accepted, or I, I need to tune out, right? All of the things that I just listed there, I would argue that in a healthy way are, or that in a, in the right context are not unhealthy. Those are the same things that everyone wants, Right. But the thing that's important to recognize is that again, whatever we call this, if you are access, if you're utilizing content or you're accessing or engaging just in activities in general, right, whatever it may be, that is is coming at the cost of the safety, the trust, right, the closeness with your partner, the the alliance between you and your partner, you have to ask yourself, really, is it worth it, and is that really authentic? Right. I, I love the word you used a few minutes ago, Steve. A relationship is an investment. Mm-hmm. And if yeah. you look at if you look at investments, even from the financial side, what do investments require? Hard work and sacrifice. Right? In order to yeah. come up with the funds to put in and then to watch it and monitor it and keep track of it. Investments are are hard work. They they require effort to maintain and grow and and to have them flourish. Yeah. Are your relationship is an investment and what are you willing to put into that investment? Yeah. Seeking after a lot of those things, guys, like I said, in the right context, when we look at the core needs behind why so many of us engage with lust, um, the vast majority of those reasons, I would argue, are not in themselves toxic or unhealthy. But the way that we're accessing them is coming at such a cost that authentically, I think few, if any, could argue, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that lines up with what I really want. 
yeah, that's really what I'm looking for yeah. know, in, my, in my life or in my relationship. Instead, can I manage my boredom and my <clears throat> stress and my fear and my entitlement and all these other things? Can I manage those in ways that are actually connecting me to my partner? Exactly. To bring us closer. And I say, you can do both. Mm-hmm. You can manage those things that are hard for you and be connected. Absolutely. So you have a choice, right? As we kind of wrap up here. I mean, there are lots of topics we could do this with. The other one that we didn't even have time to get to today is, for example, like masturbation. Right? Oh, geez. That's a whole other topic, right? It's, it's like the never-ending discussion in the therapeutic world, right? Half of the camp is like, this is toxic and healthy for relationships. The other half is it's natural, biological, it's healthy. Da, 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 da. We're not going to weigh into that piece today because it's not really relevant. What is relevant, though, is, is for the discussion is, again, what did I sign up for? What did I commit to? What's the impact on me? And what's the impact on my partner? Right? Because speaking as one who's done it, guys, as a guy who's done this, you can pull up every pie chart and bar graph and research quote and study and whatever else you want in an argument with your spouse. And you can do what I did once upon a time with my wife and literally intellectualize your way into being agreed with. But you know what comes at that cost? You still lose. You still lose. Because I know what it's like. Mark knows what it's like to win, quote unquote, an argument like that. What cost does that come at? My wife still doesn't feel validated. She still doesn't feel safe. She still doesn't feel like she's wanted. But hey, I got to win. What's more authentic? Winning or connecting? (laughs) Winning, yeah. Right? I won, but I made a massive withdrawal from our trust account, our relationship trust account. And to say nothing of the cost that comes to me, which is a whole other podcast. Yeah, that is a whole other podcast. Anyway, anyway. we're... We're, we're uh, over time. Yes, which is always the case. <laughs> it's a passionate thing for us. <laughs> anyway, we hope, uh, we hope this has been helpful for all of you. We invite you, as, if you're a partnership or coupleship, to use this as a way to open up the dialogue to talk about this in a real and raw way. And if you want to get really in-depth with this stuff and get down into the trenches, come and visit us over on daretoconnectnow.com. We'd love yeah. to see you over there in our program. Absolutely. And as always, guys, if you have questions you'd like answered on the podcast and they briefer format. We keep claiming that, although we keep failing at it. Um, feel free to uh, send those into us at pbscpodcast.com. Yeah. All right. Take care, everyone. Everything expressed on the PBSC podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self-harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.